What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It, your movie podcast where we sit and analyze why these stories keep getting retold, redone, rebooted, remade. If they're doing anything new, if we're exploring any new themes, if there's anything left to squeeze from these <laughs> stones, and if we can drag to a, you know, bring that horse to the water and make a drink, whether that's the audience going or something new happening. We won't, but we will try. <laughs> As always, I am your host, Blake Schultz, and with me is Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. And this week, we are talking about Shazam! Fury of the Gods, the sequel to the well-received but not great at the box office Shazam! movie, uh, a fun Christmas movie in 2019, which feels both like it's a year ago and so and long. Ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, this one didn't have so much troubled production. I think the biggest thing they really did COVID-wise was like delay their release and then delay it again for Avatar so they could get into those way. sweet, sweet IMAX and <laughs> uh, all those other premium formats that you all love so much. Yeah. Although we know how many, I wrote it down. It's only something like gave them 36% of those theaters were used for it. So well, I don't think they were accounting for like the creeds and the screams to have such a holdover and still keep some of those theaters. <laughs> That's, you know, we'll get into like where the box office is because I'm sure it's very easy to just be like the DC reboots are coming and we don't care. And Shazam right. was ba 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 ba. But the reality is, well, there's a lot to get into. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into what we thought worked in the movie, what themes they're exploring, and uh, why we're still here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's get into it, Terrence. What about what worked for you in the movie? So I really liked the first Shazam outside of one thing, which I'll bring up in a second. I liked the first Shazam quite a bit because it at the heart was the biggest piece of that. Like, yeah, there was this big spectacle, Shazam, quasi Captain Marvel, whatever you want to call him. Uh, he's doing his thing and it, and, it, and it felt big, but it was grounded all by the story of this kid who just wanted somebody to fit in, have a family, and he couldn't find one. His mom rejected him, which was one of the most heartbreaking things I've seen in a, in a film in so long. And then you, he's found his new family in this group. Um, and so my issue with the first Shazam was that the character that Zach, Zachary was playing was very different age-wise, felt different than Billy Bastion. Like the character, the actor that was playing Billy Bastion was like a 16-year-old and acted like an angsty, like who's been in pain, 16 year old, where when he became Shazam, he was like a seven year old. <laughs> he regressed a lot. That is still lingering in this um, a little less because we actually, don't, we don't see Billy Bastion much in this film. Um, and when we do, there's a time where they seem they sort of try to de-age, like make him a little bit more immature, um, which is an odd choice considering he is now 18 as opposed to 16. That said, Outside of that issue being my problem, I thought this was a fun movie. It's it's really fun. Um, I like the script. I, I had a good time. I like Helen Mirren. I like Lucy Liu. I, I, I like all of that. The problem it has for me and why it does not work for me as well as the first one is that the heart feels very tacked on on this one. It doesn't feel like it's earned. It just comes out of nowhere. You're like, wait, I forgot this was a thing. We spent half the movie without even recognizing the Foster family. And then in the back half, they throw them back in there and they're like, oh, remember, here's Hart. And for me, that felt a little jarring because I was like, hey, I would like to have spent a little bit more time in that other than a throwaway line that Mary and, and, and Shazam have in their layer about, hey, family saying you're going to age out. We don't bring that up again until the third act. And then you're like, oh, wait, we could have 
there was more meat on that bone than a lot of the jokes that we just kind of let Zachary do. And so all in all, it was kind of a mixed bag. I enjoyed it. I definitely don't think it is nearly as bad as what the critic rating is saying. Um, it's a fun, fun movie that I think takes a little bit more of the comedy elements this time as a little and less of the heart, which is why I think it's a little bit more uneven than the first Shazam for me. Yeah, I would agree with everything about the heart. I think my biggest issue, uh, and there was actually quite a lot that I liked, but my biggest issue was we didn't really have a lot of those deeper moments, those interesting moments with the mom and really exploring him, the backstory of him, this, and it's harder to do that once you've done it once. Right. Uh, I liked the illusion to getting into, he's worried about this family leaving and he's trying to keep them together and worried about turning mm -hmm. 18. And I don't know that we got that deep into that, but I liked that that was there. And I really liked having Mary do a lot more because I think that she's just fantastic. Uh, yeah. But a lot of stuff did work for me. I I did like the villains. I liked I seeing them. these other worlds and more of the Rock of Eternity and these weird monsters, ink doors. Uh, I liked the wizard a lot in this one. And I really dug giving his brother more to do. Uh, I also really got into the kind of earlier parts where they're the, the Philadelphia, not fanatics, but the whatever they call them, the mess ups. Yeah. And I enjoyed this sort of, inverse of where normally a superhero sequel i feel like gets a oh I, these powers should i do i deserve them do i need them uh, i wish i could be spider-man and Pe i just want it to be peter parker and the dark knight is oh i made this symbol and usually two is like is the rejection of power we mm -hmm. usually have to have the origin story the rejection and then the third one is the corruption you're right. superman three venom suits x-men three corrupted the franchise a lot of kind of moments like that and I enjoyed seeing them try to kind of play with that in a way of like the city is now going to believe that they shouldn't have the powers. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted them to expand on that and get into what well, we have a justice league and we have a justice society. Do we really need these group of kids that are just messing up? Right. Like Superman's out there somewhere. Batman's out there. somewhere. we have heroes already. Do we yeah. need these guys to be the, the ones that are, are helping us? And I would have liked to have seen more of that because then once we got to the, big bombastic CGI in the end. And suddenly all these creatures are up and we have to go find the unicorn. And then we have to find the energy bomb. I was like, we're now just getting like, it gets big. there's a lot of pieces on this board. They, you, this is getting crazy. Like you went into a dollar store, threw down a bag of like for army people and then just poured them all out on the table. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Oh my God, I'm almost having trouble keeping like track of who's betraying who and how, like, why, how did we know where the unicorn was? Did I miss that? We just started like sprinting. You did. And it's interesting. Cause I think I, I said to a friend of our show, Matt, uh, right before this, that, I don't think I'm getting tired of superhero movies. I really don't because I love superhero movies. I think I'm getting tired of giant CGI fights and the same kind of comedic beats Agreed. over and over again. And when I this, Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat with you, um, especially for this film. When this movie slows down, I love it. Uh, when it has that moment on the bridge when mom says, hey, stop being Shazam for a minute. Let me talk to Billy. That kicked me in the face. I was like, this is perfect. That's what I want. Even the slow moment when they all come in and the kids come into the, the room and I and it's so small, it's a small beat, but they all are like, we're superheroes. And the one son says, I'm gay. And they're like, yeah, no, we knew that. That's, yeah, we got it. Yeah. yeah cool. I that 
such a cute and such a wholesome moment, but I, I loved it. And then the very next act, you're like, there are unicorns and things that I don't, I, what is, how did we get here? Like what just happened? Yeah. And you know, a lot of the other stuff at the beginning worked with Anne with me, with her liking him and then the, the school stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed all the stuff with the pen and the mythology and building mm -hmm. out more and more of this mythology behind it and the realm of the gods and how they destroyed it and that, all of this stuff that I all really liked. And I really enjoyed Lucy Lou and Helen Mirren and sort of that dichotomy of, of this corruption of their family, which yeah. is, it's an interesting parallel when you have a movie of like a, almost a reluctant family at this point, And everyone's trying so hard to go be individuals and to compare that with a family that's just going to rip everything apart. And again, I'm like, we needed more cohesive stuff in there. So I, I guess then really my other question for you is like, what, what themes did you see or notice in there that you thought we were exploring and that did they work well enough or you were like, Ooh, we played with an idea there. And then we just kind of stopped. <laughs> well, I, I really dug the sisters a lot. And I love that the, the younger sister uh, kind of was like, yes, I want to resurrect our world. And Helen Mirren kind of was in that same boat, but I don't want to do it at the behest or the damage of their world. Like they don't need to have this happen to them. I just want to bring us back to some type of relevancy. And I, and I dug that. I like that. That was sort of played throughout the whole, from, from the start of the film to the end, you can already see that. It just the way that Helen Mirren kind of like smacks Lucy Lou's hands is like, nope, don't touch that. I'm touching it. You can see that there's already sort of a divide. And I like that that sort of plays all the way through because there are always going to be people who want complete power and then revenge. It's more important than forgiving them. Like, yeah, they might've been the reasons why we're here, but not these current people. It was the iteration of them way back in the day. So let's let them be who they are. And then let's go ahead and build our world. And Lucy's like, no, 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 that's not good enough for me. Burn it all down. And I just love that that there was a, that's there was an infighting in between them because truthfully, maybe because they're kids, there's not really that much that Shazam and the sisters have outside of the power part being of it. Like the the most of the infighting or the actual the yin and the yang come between the sisters themselves. The Shazam family just happens to sort of be there and kind of dealing with while they work their ish out. Yeah, that yes, exactly. I think there was a lot of that idea of family and keeping family together so much for the first one was like finding your family and this one became like keep them yeah but i don't think either one really found its congruence at the end because like I, I guess mary doesn't go to college but it it sort of almost at the end became more of like shazam billy becoming like well this is how wisdom works and you have to do this and this and i was like well are we is everyone together or has he learned his lesson of letting them go? Like, are we going to see Captain Marvel Jr. go off by himself once? Or like, they're all still at the dinner table. Are we going to scream out. six this and have a let me go moment? And instead we sort of played the big self-sacrifice, which I was like, we do this in every superhero movie. It also I've makes, seen it. <laughs> it makes, Mary was the most confusing character that I had for me in this film because uh, they sort of throw away that the, the whole college part. And I know the big part of last time was like her taking her exams and her getting her tests and it's like, oh, cool, she's going to college. And then this one, she's just right there with the family. And they sort of bring it up like, hey, I'm here because you feel desperate or you want family or whatnot. But it just felt like that wasn't enough of a reason for her to just not go to college. Because as a superhero, she can go to college and get back there real quick. <laughs> um, so it's like there's a superhero moment. You don't have to be around these people all the time to sort of do that. 
Uh, so that was a little confusing to me. And I, I really didn't have that much of it. I didn't understand her character arc. Uh, and I know it wasn't her story. They gave most of it to Freddie, but she just seemed sort of to be kind of lost in limbo and didn't really have any sense of direction. I also really hate, I know they did it because it's, it's quasi canon in the comics. I hate that they don't age, like she doesn't, she's the same person as her young version versus her in the suit. Whereas in the last one, it was different. That bothered me because it doesn't make any sense. Like, especially since nobody mentions it, like, hey, you now look the exact same when you, and I, and, and my brain is like, oh, because she's an adult now, wherever the rest of them are kids, she just adults up and just adults up to her version. But that doesn't make any sense because then Billy would do the same if that was all that it was to it. No, it becomes like how I met your mother, where you're like, wait, is Josh Radner supposed to grow up to become Bob Saget? Is that, right. is that yeah. why we cast him to, he is the voice talking to the kids? Are we, is he, he's an adult? Already, though, he's yeah. not going to. This isn't Pokemon where you evolve into a different person. It doesn't make sense. It's not and does sense. that mean that Billy Batson in like five is years is just going gonna to be, be Zach. Zachary Levi? Is yeah. that. I don't. Because he's got a. Like, that's. There's like a lot of weights to do. There's a lot of. How do, yeah. How do we get here? <laughs> uh, yeah. Does that also mean then, or like, how does that magic work? Are they stuck at that age? Right. Like, if, like, is that like, is the rock just that rocks? Is Black Adam always Black Adam's he's age? He's not going to become 50? Yeah. That, that we, was one of those ones I was like, oh, you guys just chose not to explain this. And that makes that makes my head hurt. <laughs> yeah, but but by giving a lot of it to Freddie too, I started to get that disconnect of like, well, whose arc are we following? Because Freddie's arc is so much, let me go be my own person. And Billy's is so much keep the family. And Mary kind of plays foible to pushing oh. him to like, let it go. Correct. <clears throat> and it was interesting that I never really saw anybody be the middle ground because even at the first when he's like all or none everyone reluctantly gets up including the littlest the youngest sister darla's great I love Dar it. yeah she still steals it the, yeah. her adult version steals it too with the yeah. kittens that was all great uh and i was like but i i just never got a sense at the end that anyone learned or this the, we came together we started with a lot of ideas and then sort of went the big bombastic CGI route, which yeah. is also what happens sometimes in Marvel. I think Doctor Strange had that similar problem where mm -hmm. I was like, what an interesting story of this and this. I know, okay, now we're just- Last action, blowing. Blow, dragons and what, okay, sure. Yeah, right. the first Guardians does it too, where I was like, man, we're really getting some cool character stuff and now we're just gonna fight. Okay, <laughs> neat, got it, fun. Think, Groovy. Yeah, that's the, that's sort of been the, like the, the kind of blueprint for all these. Shang-Chi does it too. And I love Shang-Chi, but you're like, Jesus, this got massive quick. Um, but I, I always love the ones that kind of get a little bit more uh, smaller. Like big is not always the way to go, but I feel like this is a movie that like, hey, we got big last time. Let's get bigger. Well, that's, I mean, the rule so much for filmmaking franchises in general is just like bigger, 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 bigger. And some movies balance that really well, which like like it or hate it, I think Iron Man 3 does a good job mm -hmm. of getting massive but being very much about Tony's story. I think Civil War gets very massive while mm -hmm. still being about Cap. Endgame gets very massive while still having this focus. And I'm sure other franchises that aren't in the MCU do it as well. The Ma No, The Matrix doesn't. Two no. kind of does. Star yeah. Wars does sometimes. Jedi, maybe not mm -hmm. the new ones, but the other ones, the prequels did. Um, horror movies sometimes, but 
yeah, it's funny when you go back to like the first Iron Man or like the 89 Batman or Batman Begins even, Man of Steel even is very focused in on who these people are. And Same we more- John Wick, John Wick one is one like super small and like very character driven. Then he's like, cool, now everybody is an assassin. <laughs> yeah, and then you get to that weird place where the stakes are so high, they're meaningless. Yeah. Like once it was, we're going to blow up everything in the force field and this bomb is going to kill you. And I was like, I had two thoughts. My first was, no, we're not. (laughs) (laughs) And then a small part of me was like, or are we about to like kill Billy Mm -hmm. Batson because we're rebooting this universe? Yeah. Which I think kind of brings me into my next point. Did you find it harder to connect to this movie knowing this 10 year road that we have that the world is about to like, like good hard reset to them. Um, Cause we do then, have post credit scenes. We do. They, they, well, Sandberg says he's, he's turned this film back in in October. Cause that's when it was supposed to come out back then. So everything that was there is still there. Uh, but it is odd because yeah, we're still trying to build up the justice society. We're still acting as if there's going to be a Shazam three. We even, um, and because to my understanding, Gal Gadot is still kind of a part of whatever the heck it is. that I was know. so glad we got her in that cameo. When we did that dream sequence with her head cut off, I was like, you have got to be kidding me. That was his way of sort of playing tongue in cheek with the first time that they did it in the last one because Superman was just a head off, which they wanted to get Henry. And then at the last minute, Henry couldn't come. So that's what they shot. They almost didn't get Gal, apparently. And then she was able to sort of do it in the last one. But they were like, cool, we finally got her. Let's at least play a little fun with the audience with that big half. So yes, it does work out. But having Gal, having that, it all became really confusing to me. I'm like, I don't know. I no longer know what this is. Are we keeping the Shazam? Are we getting rid of Like, what does this mean to the rest of the world? And it didn't mess up the story for me, but it was one of those ones I was like, well, this was all superfluous. Like, none of this matters. And why am I here? So then my my bigger question, because I've seen a lot of people say that, and we still also have Aquaman and mm-hmm. then the Flash itself. Yeah. I do we still have Aquaman, right? That didn't get canceled. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It's still happening. We don't have like the trench and all that nonsense. Right. No, but, it's all the spin-offs that were um, from it. Yeah. So why because I and I thought about this while I was watching the movie too, and I I, I can't think of the best way to articulate it. Why? Because like with Spider-Man 2. I wasn't guaranteed a Spider-Man three or four or five or six or the, or the matrix. When I see Dungeons and Dragons next week, I won't be like, Oh, but you know, if this doesn't make enough money, we won't get a sequel. So I don't care. It's sort of the same thing that I'm seeing happen with the television shows on Netflix. Mm -hmm. There's not a second season. Why am I going to watch season one? Why would I bother? And I feel like years ago, uh, you know, to, die on a very weird hill of mine i watched the show drive with nathan fillion on fox the wonderful oh, show about why episodes? we six, i think episodes? it was three it might have been <laughs> but boy, i think it's emma watson and nathan fillion yeah. and uh it's a crazy cast I, it's stacked it. <laughs> um sarah clark who went on mm-hmm. to be the terminator robot yeah um the wonderful show for those who don't know that was we kidnap a bunch of random people and make them do a cross-country race with mysterious stakes, including like a mom with her minivan and Nathan Fillion <laughs> and Nathan Fillion and Emma Watson make it their mission to instead figure out who's doing to this to them and why. Mm-hmm. I watched those six episodes without knowing that that would get canceled. And I was yeah. still attached and cared about those characters. I do like, that's how pilot season used to be. So my question for you is like, do you think our expectation has changed? Do I think you think person- our... 
I think, unfortunately, the world that the movies have sort of, movies specifically, the MCU has kind of put us in, and now subsequently DCEU has put us in, it's sort of made us all think that it's all in this one sandbox. Unfortunately, some of that is also at their own behest. I think if this movie was just what it was from beginning to before the credits, uh, I mean, by the credits, even with the Wonder Woman piece, because Wonder Woman can just exist, like Wonder Woman's a part of the world. I think it would have been fine as a standalone story, just that. When you start throwing in those post-credits, you're like, you're building to a world that we're never actually going to see. And now you have put yourself in the sandbox of saying, hey, I am now attached to a world that no longer matters. When you could have just been like, we're ending with Wonder Woman and now there's a world where Shazam exists. If we come back to play with this, cool. If James Gunn decides to come back down this world, cool. But we don't have to because this finishes this story. They chose not to. <laughs> That's an interesting point because it, it it's, reminds me of uh, the problem that I think comic books themselves run into sometimes where, oh, I picked up this book, but then Flashpoint happened or I'm reading the X-Men, but then like another colossal event happened or, oh, we killed Gene and we killed Logan and we killed that, da, 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 da. all these people come back and the big event resets the world again and who cares? It gets very challenging to build long-term stakes mm -hmm. in worlds that we know are dependent on uh, capitalism, for lack of a better <laughs> word. Right. Uh, but it, it it's interesting because you see it even in video games, right? Somebody asking about the Dead Space remake and they were like, well, should I play it? Are the other two getting remade? And I was like, well, who cares? Or this is a great it. game. Just enjoy this game. It, is this, really yeah. good. Be right. here in this moment with me. I don't go on dates. And I'm like, but what if we don't get married? I go on the date. Like, <laughs> All films, everybody should try to choose that as life. Enjoy a book, enjoy a comic book, enjoy a movie, enjoy a video game based on just that film. If it continues on, cool. But I think we've gotten to this point where everybody's like, hey, what's next? What's next? What's next? Instead of enjoying the now. And that's a dangerous thing. And I think, does it hurt Shazam? I don't, I think the movie as a whole is fine. It They put themselves into that corner where they start because they easily honestly could have just if i was james gunn and i had this world i would just removed both of those post-credit sequences and like no this is just what it is yeah it's i think it's very interesting because they're like i don't know we cared about the james bond movies knowing that one day he'll get recast right we know like there, there's a lot of areas where we sort of have that built in and i i wonder if it's just grow the growing pains of not only this genre but this shared universe idea which is still very new mm -hmm. um and really only one has been successful. And right. you can argue that people are starting to get fatigued there as well. And you can argue that like they're it's they have some issues too. Like the whole Chadwick Boseman passed away in real life, but because this is all attached, we have to say that the character of Black Panther no longer exists. If it was a solo film, you wouldn't have had to done that. It's like, hey, we're just yeah, we're, doing we're, Black Panther. We get into some very challenging, like that one's different because I think that was a challenging conversation of what's the right thing to Correct. do. But I'm just and, using that as an overall. Yeah. Thing. And this this debate's the wrong word, but I guess thesis question is a little bit different in like, should I care about the next Superman movie then? Or should mm -hmm. I just go in and watch a Superman movie? Be like, right. why? Because you see it with the MCU now too, where they're like, well, do I really need to watch Ant-Man 3? Or do I need to like, should I just wait for the Avengers? And it's like, well, I I guess both. It, right. It's up to kind of you in that way. But uh, I think that brings us into the box office, which this is making, you know, 30 million. Because obviously there's no correct answer to that debate. I just think it's very interesting that people are now like, should I watch Sandman? Is it getting a second season? And I'm like, but it might not get a third. Right. So once that becomes your your thing you're chasing the egg like yeah at that point, yeah 
I get it. We all want a good ending. I want a good ending of Glow, but I'm glad I got one and two. Like, I don't know. That's a good point. Yeah. Glow was one of those ones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So 30 million. I think a lot of people, it's easy to just be like, well, we know James Gunn is coming, but it's like, you know, this was 30 in the first Shazam. Well, 53, that's a pretty substantial drop. And we had two movies before it, Scream and Creed, that became franchise toppers. Mm-hmm. And I think people are just and, and John Wick's coming Paolo up. Wick is on its tail. Yeah. I was just um, more exciting sticks there. But yeah, is. I'm sure there are some fans who are like, I don't I don't need to go to this. I can there's see it some, on HBO Max. There's some of that. There's some who are like, hey, I'm gonna wait and see what the critics say. And the critics kind of just kind of went to t- to town on this unnecessarily. But I also think a big piece of this, that first Shazam did okay overall as their box office. When it was all said and done, they did okay. But those exit polls and whatnot as people leaving the theater, they were like, oh yeah, it's okay. Wouldn't recommend it. Nothing about that first Shazam had a fervor that says, we got to do a sequel. And I think sometimes, sometimes these studios get ahead of themselves. Like, let's do a Shazam too. Let's do let's do this, like this big universe. And sometimes it might be better if those C or D level characters get a one-off. You don't have to do four films about that one-off. Eternals, I only need one. That's fine. Shazam, don't you didn't need to do two of them. And I think the audience has sort of showed them that in addition to all the other things that are happening, it is just not a character that we care enough about to justify going back to the theater for. But I mean, if you had told me we were ever going to get two Shazam movies, I would have been like, wait, what? <laughs> like, wow. Um, <laughs> right. And they're both decent. Like, you know, they're both like, good. like either. Yeah. I, I kind of put these Shazams sort of like what I do with Aquaman. It's not in my Birds of Prey, the Suicide Squad, Justice Zack Snyder Justice League era, but that middle tier where I'm like, I had a good time when I was in the theater, but I kind of forget them the second that I leave. That's what these two Shazams about Aquaman. And I think part of that is even the, to to me at least, that becomes the tangibility with the CGI. I Mm -hmm. sort of find that I now walk out when it's a big brawl like that of like, oh yeah, the hero saved the day, where when I leave something like Creed, and I'm like, oh my God, but we were talking about, we're teaching his daughter lessons and there's stuff going on. And the, oh, there's so much more meat on this bone where this is, I'm like, yeah, that was cool. It's yeah. fun to order Taco Bell from DoorDash sometimes, but I don't talk about that meal. Right. <laughs> Except yeah. for the fact that I figured out I can make the Doritos tacos vegetarian. And that is worth talking about that because, oh my God, you could just go in there and edit. You can do whatever you want. It's amazing. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think that is part of it. I do think, I mean, March was, is, crowded Dungeons and Dragons Scream Mario's in April like we're just uh, John Wick 4 we're just going and going and going and there's always going to be especially when you have this many franchise hitters that there's always going to be one that sort of takes the brunt and Shazam is is that one it'll be I'm very curious to see how D&D does next the week after John Wick and then D&D Uh, March is weird. Why do we go from the shortest month in February to one that has 31 longest, days? That just seems so many weeks. How are, how can you get this it feels, Fridays? I didn't make the calendar, but it feels like we could have just like shaved off like March 1st and 2nd and made that. Yeah. Made one of them. Like there it feels like so many Friday weekends. Like, how do we have this many release windows in March? That's impossible. It's but, great. Yeah. It's great. But it also, I mean, movies are expensive. Like if you don't have, this is like an A-list month, right? Like if you have AMC A-list, go into those IMAXs all the time. But not um, everybody has that. It is sometimes, especially in the middle of the country, it's like I got a choice to choose and you're not going to go to all of them. No, especially it's like, what, $25 a pop if you're yeah. alone? Yeah. You do that five times a month. That becomes uh, over $100 a month <laughs> habit mm-hmm. for, yeah. I mean, John, will could be good and scream. I like scream. But I'm like, oh man, if D&D, like if some of these just aren't as good, then like why? Then you're going to be very angry. Especially it's like, it's going to be on, this is going to be on HBO Max in a month. It's in Paramount. A month and a half. I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine. 
Like, yeah, there's, there's so many other factors beyond just like James Gunn hitting a button. Cause I guarantee you everyone from the, the edge of California to Chicago and then stop again in Chicago and then New York and then maybe other major cities and areas have no clue. My mom doesn't know that. My cousins don't know that. Yeah. All those people who have to pick that one movie a a month, they also don't know that James Gunn. So that had no bearing. I'm sure. I'm sure some, I'm sure if I did a big enough poll. Us, our type of people who kind of made make their decision. They're like, I don't need to see that. But I don't know that it's a $20 million difference. And it's definitely not the family that, families that saw the first one and enjoyed it they are not the ones who are like oh james gunn's not a uh, not a part where none of this matters no one is having that conversation with i am more than anything bummed out that we have now had two post-credit scenes with the with the mind worm and uh we'll never we'll never that might just that might just not be happening just evaporate into the ether i'm so (laughs) the whole movie i was like where's that worm yeah. Then I read the thing where it's like, well, originally the worm was going to be doing the daughters. And I was like, okay, I see your I, point here, but hear me out. Don't do the daughters and let's just do the worm. I think another <laughs> big piece, and this will probably be the last part of this. I think another big piece of this is to talk about is that while that box office didn't do well at that well at either for Black Adam, it is a big thing for Shazam not to get to play with Black Adam because that's that's the one to one. And not having that, you're kind of like, well, I don't know these villains. I don't know who this is. It should be Shazam versus Black Adam. That's what we should be seeing. We're not yeah. seeing that, and I'm not in. <laughs> Unless their original plan was like do a JSA with Black Adam and Shazam, and then that's where the friction becomes. Right. And Shazam three or Black Adam two, but yeah, there's, I don't know. It's all it it gets tough. I mean, even the MCU is getting like there's a reason that Bob Iger was like we're gonna we're gonna slow down, slow down. <laughs> we're yeah, gonna no, we have four shows filmed. We might get one, two this year. Slow down, stop. Yeah, <laughs> there's the you know they they heard us. They heard mm-hmm. everybody who said everything. Yeah. And then that's, that's, you know, not a bad thing sometimes. Sometimes, you know, we'll see. Yeah. But um, I hope we get another Shazam outing. Maybe not, I don't know, it with this cast or this crew. Cast but or this iteration, but I would hope that somewhere down the line in the James Gunn DC that we get to play with Shazam again. Because I think there's a lot of meat on the bones. And hopefully at that point, Shazam and Black Adam, which I think is what everybody sort of wants to see. I mean, I'm sure that if James Gunn does it, that's it's what, what he's, he's going, going yeah. to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's all I've got. This has been Hollywood Already Did Its Episode on Shazam! Fury of the Gods. You can subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. You can subscribe. I don't even know how the podcast works now. It's like a little plus button on yeah, Apple. It is. Do that. Um, well, you can follow us on Twitter at Hollywood ADI and TikTok as Hollywood Already Did It. I'm at, as always, Blake. Terrence is at Terrence Tatum. We will see everybody next week for Mr. Wick. Mr. Wick. And then for D&D and then for Mario and then we'll fly off into the night until the next <laughs> wave of reboots and remakes. Uh yeah. Have a good one. Later. <laughs>